What's up, guys? Welcome to Couple Dishes Podcast with your host, Matt Trotrick, and myself, Peter Fendero. We're going to start this episode off with a few silent seconds. We're doing a special episode today. Just be with your breath, just try and relax, and just be silent with us, guys. Beautiful. You like my craftsmanship with the singing bowl? Hey guys, this is a podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. Hope you guys like that intro. If you find any value in this podcast, please give us a review, give us a follow, give us a share. We're honestly growing because of you guys, and if you guys smash that five star, you guys really motivate us to kind of keep on producing high-quality content as we are. How you doing today, PD? I'm doing good, Matthew. I'm doing well. Went to the gym. But I'm sure you guys are wondering, why do we start this episode off with a moment of silence? That is because in this episode, we're going to talk about alternative medicines. So alternative medication or medicine is a range of medical therapies that are not regarded as orthodox by Western culture and Western medicine. And we have a few knickknacks here. We have a gong here. We have a singing bowl that Matt played. We have incense burning. We have sage. We're also wearing headbands. And we're actually seated on yoga mats today. We're more of in a relaxed mood. We just want to go over a few few therapies that aren't very predominant in the Western culture. But they are still pretty important. A lot of people use them. And something that we should maybe look into. Some of them you might have heard about. Some of them... You might not have heard about so we'll just slowly explore these with all you guys so what are the different types of alternative medicines they're also known as cam so cam stands for complementary and alternative medicine another term for it we're gonna talk talk about it for quite a bit we have a few of them we have actually like 10 of them on here if not more some of them are common like i said before and in the u.s Alternative medications or CAM is used by about 38% of adults and about 12% of children. Yeah. And as we go through all these, you guys find something interesting because we're going to scratch the surface on alternative medicine. If you if you find something that's very powerful that you like, for example, Reiki, let us know about that. And maybe we could get somebody that is a professional that deals with that so we could go more in depth. And just like we said, like we're just learning with all these and I'm sure as time goes by we'll get into some of these maybe and we could share our experience. So the first alternative medicine which is the most common type in America which would be diet and herbs. So a national survey in 2012 by the National Center of Complementary um, and Integrative Medicine determined that 17.7% of American adults used dietary supplements, vitamins, minerals in the past year. So diet and herb is the most common it's you know we look at like multivitamins and one of them we sometimes get teas herbal teas to help upset your stomach and we do diet and nutritional modifications 
for example, intermittent fasting to, you know, help with insulin resistance, for example. I feel like this this treatment modality is also exploited a lot. You know, people want to make money, so a lot of times they they sell these these pills, these herbal pills that really aren't made for your exact symptoms or not really made made for you and all they want to do is make a quick buck so they put a few non-harmful herbs that might be harmful for you but they don't really care because they're just trying to make some money and this is this is a a pretty big range herbal and dietary so this is going to be like your probiotics you know any kind of like herbal remedies that you might buy at the store Matt mentioned tea Uh, some people make their own own um dietary supplements they just buy the capsules and they fill it with herbs or whatever they they deem necessary yeah i even went to the extremes of making liposomal vitamin c which maybe people heard of me talk about before but basically you buy an ultrasonic jewelry cleaner you mix some vitamin c some lethicin and some water and what happens is the soy lethicin kind of bonds around the vitamin c and makes it more bioavailable to the human body and I was kind of making shots for my like family members and they would take these higher doses of vitamin C and you wouldn't get diarrhea or anything from it because it passes the digestive tract because of the, the phospholipids and the lethicin. Yeah, the next next um, alternative medication we're gonna, or alternative practices we're gonna go into is the traditional ones. So this field includes more of like the mainstream and more accepted forms of therapy. It's gonna include acupuncture, homeopathy and oriental practices. These therapies have been practiced for centuries worldwide. Traditional alternative medications or traditional alternative medicines are the ones that I stated above, including naturopathy. Um, So acupuncture is pretty mainstream. You've all heard about it. Somebody comes in and they literally put needles in you. And where they put these needles, it's supposed to hit certain nerves and or right in certain nerves or some kind of synapses or something going on in your in your in your body basically and depending on the area that they hit it's supposed to affect different parts of your body so they might put a little needle in like your wrist or your arms that might be linked to like your liver if you have high liver toxicity or if you have any kind of pains if you have migraines they might put a needle somewhere else and that's supposed to release or deactivate certain certain chemicals in your body yeah, so long story short is um, that that's or- it's a form of oriental medicine. And what Peter was saying is the purpose is to restore your body's natural balance of these op- opposing forces between like the yin and the yang. And what gets blocked is the chi. And that's what causes um, disease, they're saying. So they believe that we have these channels internally in our body. They call them meridians, I believe. Meridians. And they help your body maintain optimal health and what acupuncture does it kind of stimulates that specific point in your body where the chi is trying to flow through and is trying to restore your health so i'm not i've never done this before but i do believe in energy and everything that happens and how we're all connected so i i do believe it's not scientifically proven we have these let's just be quite honest first so researchers say this doesn't exist according to them they do and it's pretty plausible um, that these meridians are these mapped out highways throughout the body and they help with energy flow. Yeah, I've never tried acupuncture either, but it's definitely on my bucket list. There, when I used to live with my parents, there was an acupuncturist like down the street that I meant to go to, but, but I just never got the chance. So I called them a few times and the times where I was available, they were not available. 
so unfortunate I missed out on that, but I can definitely see myself sometime in the future just trying acupuncture, see how it works. Yeah, even though I was I was at a massage place and they do refl reflexology, mm. so that's to kind of do with the body, and they're basically saying all these nerves are interconnected on our feet, and if you massage or apply pressure to specific points of your feet, it'll stimulate different organs and things like that, mm. which makes sense because we talk about like the vagus nerve all the time, and how it's um, in charge of like the gut and the heart and everything else and it's in charge of fight or flight too so if you have a over reactive vagus nerve you're going to be in fight or flight a lot so it does make sense on what's happening here but scientists have not proven it to be real mm. all right guys next up we have therapies and medicines that have to do with with the mind so even standard or conventional medicines recognize the power of the connection between the mind and body we've talked about the mind body connection multiple times the mind-gut connection, all that's interrelated. You know, we're not two separate bodies in one. Everything's connected. So studies have found that people heal better if they have good emotional and mental health. I could definitely agree with that. You know, w when you're sick, or when you're going through hardship, if your mood is elevated and you're more on a happier side, more on, excited, on more of the excited side, you are gonna heal better. Why? Because you're gonna be more prone to activities, you're gonna not be in, in a slump. And the Alternative therapies that deal with the mind is gonna be meditation, biofeedback, and hypnosis. Meditation, also probably the biggest mainstream one that anybody could, could really think of. If you think of mind, meditation, mindfulness, all that goes into one, especially more on the, like the West Coast. Things, things start on the West, West Coast meditation with yoga, and then it kind of takes its course to the center of the United States and then moves on to the East Coast, it looks like. Hypnotherapy is another big one. That I'm a little skeptical about. I've never done it. I think it does also get a bad rep because people also try to make money off it. So you have those people that say that they could tell your future or they could hypnotize you. And they have this giant audience and they pick people out of the audience and they hypnotize them supposedly. But I'm not sure if you guys are big followers of the Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan actually had a neuroscientist on there that actually believe hypnosis works and he got hypnotized a few times. I haven't really fully watched the episode, but it's, it, go, it goes into it a little bit more in depth than we're going to go into it. But if a neuroscientist is able to get hypnotized, hypnotized and says there's some kind of scientific backing of it, then you know hypnosis might be route for you. But of course, like with everything, there is people that are more prone to hypnosis and some people that are hard to hypnotize. I've never been hypnotized. I'm not sure what scale I am. So I don't think Matt has been hypnotized. You've not been hypnotized yet. No. Sometimes when I go to sleep, though, did you ever do like the guided meditations since we're on, you know, mind and body? I personally, guys, meditate literally every single day. Every single time I wake up in the morning, I go do my ADLs, activities of daily living, which is brushing my teeth. I'll go pee. I'll look at myself in the mirror. I'll say, damn, Matt, we're going to have a great day today. Hop on the scale, see what's going on there. And... I don't check my phone yet. Then I go on my phone, I'll play a meditation song, at least 10 minutes, I'm just like starting my day like that. Mm. And we're talking about meditation, so I feel like it's definitely beneficial. It does help with like emotional well-being and sometimes like you don't even realize you're in like this flight of emotions and you're dealing with, sometimes you're dealing with anxiety without realizing it and you just go in through like your meditation practice and it doesn't mean that you're like completely empty of thoughts like that's not the purpose of meditation you want to accept those thoughts as they come understand what they are and let them go 
So for example, if something has been bothering you or you had an event that bothered you this week and you meditate and you just blanked out and you have that memory of whatever happened that pissed you off and then you catch yourself like, oh, I just had a thought. And why am I thinking about that if that was the past? So sometimes you're able to troubleshoot and, and check yourself that, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this still. This is still affecting me. And then you could either journal about it or accept it what it is and just cope with it, you know? So it's kind of cool because it's like a it's like a tool that like body scans in a way. Yeah. And with mindfulness, guys, with the mind comes the body. So with the body, you can have movements, you can have physical touch. So touch has been used in medicine since the early days of medical care. Body techniques are often combined with, with mindfulness. So think of your massages, think of your yoga. When you do yoga, you're not just stretching your body, you're also stretching your mind. It yeah. kind of has the dual effect. It feels good because you're slowly able to, to progress into more harder or more difficult stretches. And then it overall makes you more flexible physically, but also makes you more flexible mentally. Because it's not only physically straining to hold a pose, but mentally as well. So when people give up, they give up mentally before they give up physically. Now, how many times have you fell over from exhaustion? Not Probably not much, but how many times have you stopped because mentally you were like, okay, it's time to stop. Yeah. You know, a whole, a whole lot more. This also falls under chiropractics and osteopathic medicine. So your chiropractor, every time he cracks you, every kind of movements he, he does, that's kind of also considered alternative medicine because there's not a whole lot of scientific backing for it, but I've been to chiropractor and they've helped me out a lot. Yeah, like same it, it feels good. And I feel like even if some of these, I'm not saying chiropract, chiropractors don't have scientific backing, I'm saying like things that we mentioned right now, things that we talked about, even though there might not be a lot of scientific backing from it, if it makes you feel good, it makes you feel better, it's, it's, gonna, it's going to make you feel better as a person, mentally and physically. So if you like doing it and it feels good to you, that means it's going to work for you. Yeah, and another added perk of this yoga is that you're able to kind of body scan your body and figure out where you feel tense, where do you feel like the pressure. I, I know like yoga could go into like rabbit holes of, you know, different like chakras or something like that and energy centers. But on like a physical level, if you're doing a stretch and you feel not in your shoulder or your neck, you know that, hey, my body is stressed out or it's not feeling good there and you could put more emphasis on it and that's another added um, benefit of it true and instead of like reaching for the pill like ibuprofen and Tylenol because like your lower back hurts or your shoulder hurts yoga does you a greater benefit in that because you're not putting any kind of medicine in your body you're naturally stretching out that muscle which is a long-term solution compared to pain medication which is a very very short-term solution because you're not fixing your pain you're just covering your pain yeah even tai chi so tai chi has been said to boost upper lower body flexibility strength improves balance and i think according to some studies that i looked at when i was looking at a hard harvard article it's said to reduce falls which makes sense because it helps train the senses and you're doing different movements functions that stimulates like these sensory neurons of the inner ear to you know to become more flexible. Exactly. Do you remember what cranial nerve that is? That I do not, but if you guys check out our NCLEX courses that are coming out soon, you're gonna know, and I could probably review them again. <laughs> I think it's oculotrochlear, something like that. Those freaking cranial nerves always get me, man. I don't know, dude. I still can't remember them, I and mean, I have struggled remembering them in, in nursing school, and I struggle remember, remembering them now. And I've been a nurse for over three years, coming to four, and I have never used a cranial nerve knowledge in my life. 
mine is nursing school. Have you? I'll look at a neurologist note and I'll see what he read and see, he says what he's assessing the cranial nerves. I never cared too much about them, you know. Yeah, but I probably have a bias protective because all I do is cardiac. Yeah, so that, just, that too. Talking shit. But normally when you're doing your assessment, you're kind of like, okay, well, this pupil is uneven compared to the left one. That one's a three, this one is a two. And that's the assessment and that's the note that I put in my um, you know, chart. Mm -hmm. I don't put, okay, cranial nerve three is affected yeah. because pupil size is less. Same. So yeah, those oculo, I mean, those um, cranial nerves are honestly NCLEX related and they kind of like disappear in a way. Yeah. You'll still see them. Mm -hmm. Of course, you'll see them a little bit. Unless you do cardiac, not gonna say very much, but whatever, dude. I'm done talking shit. All right, guys, the next one we have here is external energy. So this is the belief. The belief is external energy from objects and other sources directly affect a person's health. So this, so energy can be in, a, in an object, in a room, it could be within you, it, you could give it to somebody else. So this one example that really comes to mind, and I'm sure, Matt, you could relate and all the nurses out there, is you have that one patient room that it's kind of known as as like a room where people kind of go to die haunted you know room. like almost like haunted where that for some reason that room has had more patients die in it than all the other rooms on the unit and every time you have a patient there's not doing too well or you just walk in there by yourself you kind of feel like like i'm gonna light some sage in the memory of that sage. room that you're thinking about yeah. and everybody that has that room that they know in their hospital i'm gonna light some sage for you guys just so we get rid of all those bad Bad external vibes. energies that are in those rooms yeah hopefully we don't conjure a spirit here by accident because we're yeah. not really we're not really um very knowledgeable on these kind of arts but it's okay i used to be master of the dark arts but we're not gonna mess with that today this guy <laughs> harry potter reference um so yeah energy guys so you, you know when you come in a room and you kind of get that get that sense like like you just either puts you down or it kind of puts you off and that's what this is external energy kind of is. So one of these things we have something called Reiki. So Reiki, oh, it smells beautiful. Reiki is a form of alternative medicine called energy healing. Reiki practitioners use a technique called palm healing or hands-on healing through which a universal energy is said to be transferred through the palms of the practitioner to the patient in order to encourage emotional or physical healing. So they pass good energy or good vibes or any kind of energy to you. I'm sure it could be negative, but let's not go to a, a dark Reiki master and get this done. Yeah, where they freaking put needles in that doll. It, my grandma actually, could it be a Reiki teacher for all I know? Mm -hmm. So my grandma is a very spiritual person. As you know, listeners, my grandma's freaking, I feel like super woke. She does these random things. She has like a pendulum. She has like these rods. Fire massages. Fire massages. Yeah, but when it comes to Reiki, she, I actually am able to extend my palms outward like that and what she does is she casts her energy onto these palms and sometimes i literally feel tingling sensation in my fingertips when she's transferring this energy mm -hmm. even in her massages at the very end she takes her palms and just goes down your body and you just feel like this release of energy she's and she's catholic to begin with so she thinks if, she, if you talk to her about reiki she probably thinks it's the damn devil you know because mm -hmm. they're very roman catholic yet she practices this universal energy form without even realizing yeah. we should have a grammar on here but too bad she doesn't speak speak english yeah unfortunately yeah maybe you could translate it that'd be a long episode yeah we'll pass on that guys if but if you guys want to see her matt will give you her phone number <laughs> you want to go for a massage <laughs> yeah, in the chicagoland area, Chicago area. <laughs> all right guys so next off we have senses 
Some people believe senses like touch, sight, hearing, and smell, taste can affect overall health. Like we have the aromatherapy is probably the biggest one right now for the senses, but there's also art, different kinds of dances, music, and visual and guided imagery. Um, I haven't done any, I feel like I did guided, guided imagery back in psychology class when I was doing my prereqs. Um, don't remember exactly what it did for me, probably didn't, didn't do anything because I didn't care for that kind of stuff when I was in um, doing my prereqs years, years, years and years ago. You know, old people say years and years ago, I'm gonna start saying years and years ago. I'm not even at all, I'm 26 years old. But years and years ago, I did a visual, or not visual, but guided imagery, and it didn't really do anything for me. But I like aromatherapy, just because it smells nice. I don't believe in necessarily that, hey, if you inhale lavender, you're going to have less abdominal pain. Like that, I don't really believe in it very much. I just like it because it smells good, and I do it, I put it in my diffuser because it smells good, and it makes me feel good because it smells good. This almost sounds like senses is part of alternative medicine, like it's a hobby. Mm. Art, dance, painting, music, things that like technically de-stress you and you found you find to like get into like a state of flow, right? Mm. Sometimes when you like podcast like we're doing right now, you literally forget about I mean, I'm sure you're still worried about going to work, but yeah. you, you forget about everything that's happening and you're just like in a state of flow and you're completely present. And when you get in touch to your senses, yes, it's a form of medicine because you're technically healing your body because it's not under stress or thinking about that damn mortgage that keeps coming or whatever the case might be. I even find jujitsu to be on this list for myself, I'll add it, because every single time I went, like, I got out of my damn head. I was in my body and I felt, I felt alive. Mm. My senses were just tingling, you know, they're thriving. And it's you get into you get in touch with yourself, and it's like almost a form of meditation where you're grounded, and I there's mental clarity. Yeah, I feel like music is is a probably the most or the biggest one that I deal with, because when you go to the gym, you have a different genre of music playing, and that gets you pumped, motivated. And when you're meditating, you have a different genre of music, and then when you're going to sleep, you also have a different genre of music. And that all helps in what you're doing, right? You know, if you listen to some some trap at the gym, you're gonna get a good pump. You can lift some weight, and if you listen to like like a lucid dreaming playlist before bed, you might have more more dreams and you might sleep better. So I totally believe in the music. Like music has been along for a very long time, and they play different music in rituals that hype you know these tribes up or relaxes them. And music is probably the one I use most, and I that's what I believe in out of all of them. Even when I do my meditations in the morning and I put, already put that song on and I look at my whoop band and I'm looking at my heart rate, my body already knows what's yeah. about to happen. Like my body's heart rate goes from like 80s to like 60s in a matter of like a minute just to prepare for this technically ritual that I have with the senses, right? Yeah. And my body is aware of it. Even a silence, even though it's not music, it's still dealing with the senses because you're not having any kind of external stimuli coming in. It's just you within yourself. I've noticed that sometimes I need that silence where I, I feel like I'm a huge empath where all these energies affect me where I'm ho overly stimulated and I need time for myself to just unplug and technically process everything because yeah. that's how I feel my sense. My senses are overly stimulated. All right, guys, I think we should end this episode with a few more seconds of silence. Before you do that, before we do before, silence, sure. let's wrap up this episode. So today, alternative medicine, we talked about different ways of healing your body when it comes to meditation, traditional medicine, senses, um, diet and nutrition, 
things like acupuncture, anything to restore the natural flow of the body. And maybe you have your own that you practice in your own time and you find it to be successful, continue doing that. Maybe share it to the world, share with us, and we would love to shout you out about that. Hey guys, thank you very much. Let's do five silent breaths. Inhale with the nose and exhale with the mouth. You want to inhale all the good vibes and exhale all the negative energy. See you guys next week. Bye, guys.